0: The following audio is via a Skype call.
1: On the contrary, I'm extremely interested in what you have to say.
0: It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell, a double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance.
1: I'm Suzanne Mitchell.
0: Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, and darn glad that you're able to spend an hour of this weekend with us. Hope you're safe. Hope you're happy. Hope you're enjoying summer no matter what. And we always enjoy working every Saturday with our buddy Nathan Miller at the board. Nathan, how are you, sir?
1: Hey, good morning, Gary. and I can't really say I'm enjoying summer as much as I would, because I found out that 7-Eleven is not going to be doing their free Slurpee day. So I'm a bit bummed about that, but, you know, excited for the sunny weather we got coming up. I forgot that 7-Eleven used to do free Slurpees on 7-Eleven. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it, it's okay. Always a tradition each year to go <laughs> to the 7-Eleven, get your little free Slurpee.
0: Well, I remember when I was in middle school so we're talking about you know the kid next to me in school was a brontosaurus that's how far back i go but they opened a 7-eleven on the corner in my neighborhood oh my god when they installed that slurpee machine that was just a religious experience and i remember just (laughs) putting so much sugar in my body no wonder i was so hyper it was incredible but yes they are quite addictive And Very good tasting. I found if I go to Mickey D's that I can get a frozen Coke, which is a little bit more of a grown-up version in a way, and they're pretty cheap. So sometimes Suzanne and I, when we just need to get out of the house, go to the drive-thru wearing our masks and we get these beverages and just have fun with them as we drive around town for a little bit. So that's what a summer indulgence looks like in the era of COVID, apparently. Apparently, yeah. You you go where the fun is, wherever you find it. Today, we have the opportunity to introduce a lady, first-time guest, who has written a book that has the capacity to change your life, and if it didn't have that capacity, with authors, I don't know why we would bring them on. We like to talk about concepts that you can apply to your daily life to dramatic effect. And that's especially so if you've had enough of the wrong kinds of drama that don't really serve you. And you're looking for a way to make the necessary changes and get more joy, no matter your circumstances, to get more joy out of living and to pursue your dreams. The book is called The Technology of Intention. And, Suzanne, with your permission, I'd like to go ahead and give this lady her mad props, as we like to call them. You have my permission. Very good. Kim Stanwood Terranova is a woman of passion and power who assists individuals with experiencing true inner greatness and unlimited authentic joy. She has been dubbed the chiropractor of the mind and the master teacher of intentional living. Kim holds a license as a practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles and has also earned a bachelor's degree in spiritual studies. Kim has immersed herself and dedicated her life to the application and practice of universal spiritual truth and wisdom. And so for the first time, we welcome to Manson Mitchell, Kim Stanwood Terranova. Hello, Kim. Glad you're with us today.
2: I'm so happy to be here. And I have to tell you, I'm thirsty with all this slurpy talk already. (laughs) (laughs) I love to start our day like this.
0: We're delighted to, to have you on for the first time. It's always good to bring new people in who have a fresh take on personal growth on taking the spiritual path in life, not slavishly because you're a member of some organized religion, or even a disorganized religion, but to look at your life in terms of an endless creative project that some people like to call soul growth, and it sounds like you're all about that.
2: Absolutely, I, it's it's what excites me and ignites me every day Is is, what is the possibility of expansion and growth today? Because we have such an opportunity with every moment we move through this life experience to really see with new eyes, fresh eyes, if we're committed to staying awake. And, and I'm very committed to staying awake. And it's it's an adventure that I wouldn't want to miss. Even, even these rough patches that come, I still wouldn't want to miss it.
1: You have uh, several really interesting personal stories in your book, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to at least one of them because they are mm-hmm. completely fascinating. This idea of the technology of intention, and in my mind, I was I was trying to, to see what where the technology is. It seems like a scientific approach to your thinking. In other words, you want to do something that you can do over and over and over again and prove it to be true every time and so that's how i interpreted this technology of intention mm-hmm. and uh, one of the one of the points that you make early on in the book is there's a difference between having an intention and having an expectation and i wanted you to make yes. that distinction here today between expecting something and really intending it to happen absolutely
2: thank you uh, our intentions you know, our, our, I feel they are scientific to them because there's a, there's a formula to them. And we, we live in such a society that is, has technology as our, you know, daily access. We always get to remember that, it was, that we have our own inner technology inside of us. And intention is one of those pathways of inner technology that we can go back to over and over day by day and remember simply what is my intention in this moment because that's my power of creation. Now, when we have expectation nearby, the expectation I refer to in the book are the expectations where we look outside of ourselves into the world or a circumstance or a person to fulfill a certain feeling for us, to bring us happiness, joy, whatever it is we desire, but we're looking outside of ourselves. So we expect, if the world is doing this, I'll be fulfilled. If my mate does this, I will be happy. The second we look outside of ourselves, We are creating a space of expectation that we cannot fulfill within ourselves, so we lead to it leads us to disappointment often. So it's an opportunity to catch ourselves, and when we see there really there's these hidden expectations. That we don't even know we're doing, I believe, at all, at different moments of the day, whether if a text doesn't come through fast enough or someone doesn't return an email in the time we think they should, there's little expectations there. And then that leads to a disappointment. So then we're hooked in disappointment, even if it's just in a small amount, it's still taking our energy away from our power of creation. So when we look at, wow, I just caught myself, an expectation there the joy for me is to, to express to people all we have to do is set an intention and it's the quickest pathway to keep us out of expectation. If we wake up in the morning and know what is my intention today, which is a morning question for me, what's my intention today? When we can really just open that pathway within ourselves to think, what do I want to experience today? What do I wish to create today? Then that answer to that, whether it's joy, fulfillment, peace in my heart, connection with my loved ones, that intention will keep us out of any expectation. So then we're living in more conscious creation and joy and out of disappointment. So it's a really clear pathway to stay powerful and not be disappointed.
0: You know, back in 1999, so I'm going back in the day, Kim, And I I feel a little guilty because this gentleman I knew from my church in Seattle when I lived there, Susanna and I live in Florida now, there. but I was on the board of my church, and there was Mm -hmm. a gentleman who was elected to join us on the board. And I looked forward to his creativity. He was a witty guy. He could be jolly. He could be sarcastic, but he was a lot of fun to be around. I liked him. In 1999... Mm -hmm there was a, a pretty fancy downtown Seattle party I attended to ring in 1999. Last year, some some people disagree, but last year of the 20th century, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision that in 1999, and I let people know about it too, that I was going to do my utmost to live the last year of the 20th century, as I marked it, without expectations i am going mm-hmm. to live without the burden of expectations and i did let it be known well this gentleman there who was well i you know it was a challenge i set for myself mm-hmm. and the man that to whom i said this at this party said well that doesn't make a lot of sense to me it doesn't resonate because i mean if you have no expectations and we believe in the science of mind philosophy the old term being yes. religious science there, if, yes. if you're not expecting anything, you're it's like you're expecting nothing. And I said, in a way, you're right. Yes, it's nothing, but it's the nothing that is that creative matrix from which all potential joy, all creativity, all the good things of life can spring precisely because you're creating a space for them without determining that it needs to be this way or that yes and i did well i I didn't really have takers kim with that i mean people okay well that's interesting let us know how that goes here's the the kicker of the story tragically enough the gentleman to whom i addressed my remarks and who was skeptical about this approach to take a year and have no expectations was ready to get on the board and we were going to attend to church business and i look forward to collaborating with him he went to do some personal research at the university of washington library late at night suffered a massive heart attack and died Mm. at the table where he was reading. Oh, my. And it took them—they didn't know for a couple of days who it was there. Uh, There was some tacky headline in the school newspaper, a dead guy in library remains unidentified, charming. But anyway, uh, that happened to him. He was was a good man. He was a dear man in a lot of ways, and he loved his Mm. church. So I guess the moral of the story for me— is you don't know what life is going to bring you. You can say, I have expectations A, B, C, D, life's gonna be great, here we go, rock and roll, and keel over dead for any number of reasons, or you get hit by a bus, you name it, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. But the point Mm -hmm. there is if you live without expectations, and stress the values of life, the great divine virtues in which we would choose to participate if we're in our right minds, can lead you down a wonderful spiritual path. And when your last day comes, very few of us can ever know.
2: Beautifully said. I love that. Yes, yes, I'm in full agreement with you. And it just gives us the opportunity to be so present, to every moment, not knowing when we, there won't be another one. When we, when we, when our body temples this, when we leave it and, and carry on in another form. So I want to have every moment, every breath, intentionally conscious, so that I don't miss a thing. Because often in expectation, we're still looking outside for something, and when we come back to wait a minute, the, the core of that creation of that joy, that peace, is is right here. And you know, one of my as you. I'm sure when you read the book, my most favorite book is um, This Thing Called You by Ernest Holmes. It was one of my very first spiritual books. And when I teach in that book, it has the word expectation at times because that's what Ernest used, of course, in those times. And when we look at it as in, what was the meaning that he had of expectation? And there was still an aim that there was an, he was having an expectation for good and open availability. Where I aim is to like, the intention right there is to fulfill that good, to be open to receive it, because spirit is always bringing it to us. So we get to, we get to, language is so powerful and when you are awake to what words what energy vibration am i choosing that honors myself and my path and that's what i i say to individuals is what words resonate with you that use those that bring you all that you desire because that we have a power within us with every breath every word that is is potent and rich and why not heighten it <sighs> uh
1: you know kim um I said earlier that you had um, several very interesting personal stories in the book. I had two really big takeaways from your book, yeah. which I I would like to mention, but of the personal stories that are in your book, is there one that you can tell now so that I can highlight a point that I'd like you to make? Something Absolutely. Something that occurred you know, before, you know, during this process of your uh, soul's growth?
2: There, there are so many things that have occurred during this this journey, and I'm so grateful for all of them. I wake up with a gratitude of every one of them has taught me so much. They've brought me so many pearls. And the, the, the biggest one, of course, of recent is in the last year and a half. In the midst of um, my aim, my intention to complete this book, was that my home and retreat center and office were taken one night in the Southern California fires. And when I I found it interesting that in the midst of wanting to finish this book and deliver it to the world, I my entire life turned upside down in less than 24 hours that I was in my office working with clients full day. And when I opened the door to say goodbye to them, I smelled fire, but it was still quite a distance away. But when you live in the mouth of mountains, you know the smell and you know the warning signs and they were present. And within, by the next, within 13 hours after that, um, the fire had come just roaring through this mountain range and it's taken everything in its path. So I woke up the next day to not really knowing anything, where should I live, where where am I going to have clothes, where do my children and I go. And the beautiful thing I always had, even in the midst of on my knees, in tears, in confusion, was I had a full bag of tools. And my intention tools were one of the most powerful ones because I knew that I would move through this. I just didn't know how. And that's the power of intention, is we're not to know how. That's spirit's assistance with us. That's our co-creation, that I knew that I could lean into prayer and meditation and, and really set some bold intentions, even as the tears were falling from my face. It was, what is my intention now? Because when I could uncover that, I could place it on the altar of consciousness, my intention, and what I heard was, flexibility and fluidity and strength right now you need that and that's what I committed to is my intention is to stand in flexibility and fluidity and strength as I move through this next chapter of my life I couldn't understand why what I heard was I needed to be flexible until the last year and a half of my life when I watched myself move seven times and try to find solutions to how do we rebuild the house and and what is the next where do I live until then and all these details if I wasn't flexible I would have stayed down on my knees and never been able to get up. So just setting that intention and me letting go of the how, I didn't know how, was my willingness to co-create with spirit, that I could know I'm aiming this way. And the interesting part to me that still just just waking up with joy in the morning is that it's such a testament to the power of intention. I intended this book to be complete and spirit, moved that through in the midst of what looked like a disaster. That The book was still done and, and birthed at a time when I had no place to live, did not know where I was going. And that is the power when we aim and let go. Whether we aim to complete a project, let go. Whether we aim to heal our hearts and let go, and then listen to divine inspiration to follow the steps what to do, we are led to be standing in the midst of a miracle soon because our let-go was so pure but the intention was already in motion and wasn't stopping. That intention wasn't stopped. Spirit still brought it into full fruition, even though I didn't know how that could happen. So the purpose of sharing some intimate stories in the book was to assist people, for all of us to see that we all have our own big challenges, each and every one of us. And when we can dig into our bag of you know spiritual tools what can i apply now we can move mountains we must have those tools ready so that when whatever comes before us we have an ability to know to ask the question what what must i practice in this moment to help me get through it to know more
1: kim what What did did you what did you learn about yourself after the fire, what what was mm-hmm. something that you learned about who you are after the fire? I have a very specific reason for asking you that.
2: Mm. Oh, man.
1: Um, It's just one thing. I
2: learned I, that I could rise up in the midst of the ash. <laughs> that, that there, there you uh, go. You got me, you got me weeping. <laughs> that,
1: that no. That
2: I could rise even in the midst of, of just ash that was so sick I couldn't even see my feet that I could find a way to rise
1: well and and how this is what I want I, I said to you earlier that I had a couple of big takeaways from your book and mm-hmm. one of them just really hit me and I'll tell you where where I, I'm gonna read a little bit of it from page 62 mm-hmm. and you talk about, when the story loses its power, we then stand strong with the ability to move forward in a profoundly expansive way. We honor the pearls of wisdom that we gained and we amplify our evolution to the next level of what we came here to be. I want to be more interested in that <laughs> than being stuck in in the descriptive of the story of how I got here. The story just becomes the details. So the the first thing that really, I I got so wonderfully from your book, the technology of intention, activating the power of the universe within you, is who we have become versus the description of the story. And, And I said to Gary, You know, Gary, it's the story, it's the drama that is so interesting when all of us who have had challenges in our lives want Mm -hmm. to talk about the challenge that we went through. And other people find that juicy and interesting. Oh, and that's what happened, and then what happened next? And people get into the story, and one of the distinctions that you make is that um you have overcome those things and so Mm -hmm. you you received a gift from meeting the challenge so if you say you know i found out that i could rise from the ashes of my challenge and continue to live my life and not give up Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound as interesting as the Mm -hmm. story and so those stories really define who we are, but they they don't always illustrate the growth where we are today. That's mm-hmm. what happened yes. yesterday. And and yes. the the power that you feel today from from that that pearl that you received from that situation I mean, you had mm-hmm. two ways to go. You're either going to live and thrive and survive, or you're going to just give up and crumple and die, and that's it. And, mm-hmm. and so in choosing life, in choosing growth, in choosing your soul's growth, that you know, that's where people stand today, and yet people want to hear the story. What was the story? How did you get there? And I, and I think that's interesting because the more important part is the overcoming of the story, not yes. the story itself. And I love that you made that distinction. Mm-hmm. And it is why I have a, a good friend who says she doesn't like to talk about the past and she doesn't like to live in the past because mm-hmm. it just brings up unpleasantness. Mm.
2: And, and right there is where if we seek the pearl... And I ask my clients this all the time, what is the pearl? Seek the pearl of the journey because that pearl is what will lift you and is the, it's the um, fertilizer for your next evolution. So if I, if I know that in that journey that I just went through, if I'm more interested in who did I become, what, what had to grow in me? What quality? You know, Reverend Michael saved me. Like, what's your growing edge right now, Kimberly? And when I get more interested in what is my edge that I'm growing on? I'm growing in patience. I'm growing in flexibility. I'm growing in my, my, my connection to spirit, whatever it is. When I become more interested in, oh, that's what grew. That's, it was rough. That was very rough to get that pearl to this state, but I'm going to take the pearl and allow it to lift me to the next evolutionary jump. And you're right. We, in in our human existence, stories are interesting, and when we can speak them, lots of times when I'm on the platform, and I'm speaking of this. You know that that point of how it's it's part of who we are, that who we became. So I'll say, my consciousness wasn't in that house. I love the house, but my consciousness didn't reside in it. My consciousness was bigger than that house. I got more interested in, okay, my consciousness is going to grow right now through this. doesn't mean there aren't depths of challenges in it, but I'm going to be more interested in what's growing, what's growing, what's growing. And I think that's how we keep staying on our growing edge and having these big evolutionary jumps. My interest is now let's do it all together across humanity so we can all be having jumps.
0: I would like for us to take our break, our one and only break of the hour we're talking with kim stanwood terranova she knows whereof she speaks in addition to the technology of intention that's the name of her book the technology of intention activating the power of the universe within you it's not hype and it's grounded in a pretty dramatic life story at points for kim who is a lady of aspiration she has a strong sense of purpose she has a lot of passion behind her dreams And yet stuff happens and we got to deal with the stuff and we move forward and we don't surrender our dreams unless we have dreams that surpass the ones we're carrying in our heads Mm. that's my takeaway from this wonderful book i would like to get into some more of her personal stories her biography because i find it inspiring we'll touch on that when we come back so happy to have you with us riding along this weekend in a very uncertain time and intentionality is the word of the day. We are Manson Mitchell, and you are attuned to Seattle's home of alternative talk, AM 1150. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just
2: go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests.
0: Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act.
1: The home of the A-Team of
2: Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150
0: AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terryterryloving.com. At That's terryterryloving.com.
1: Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked.
2: Endless worrying about college.
1: Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question, being a teenager is tough.
2: And what do Washington's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! (laughs) Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun.
1: Not just fun. They're a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future.
0: This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association.
1: On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes Mary Beckman, who joins us with new and fascinating tools from her ever-expanding metaphysical tool bag. On Saturday,
0: Robert Kopecki, survivor of three near-death experiences, reveals a unique perspective on the challenges presented by COVID-19 and political strife. Bringing you mastery and mystery
1: since 2007. We are
0: Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you.
1: The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. We're rocking out to "Banana Rama's Cool Summer. We're dancing over here. JKNW, where the 80s vibe is still alive. I love that song, I love that song, Cruel Summer. And you know, uh, cruel, not weather-wise, maybe in Puget Sound, because as Gary says, it's the most beautiful weather in the country in the summertime but there are a lot of people who are in a lot of heat and we're all in the COVID-19. So in that way, this really is kind of a cruel summer. We are talking with Kim Stanwood Terranova. She is the author of the technology of intention and Kim, if people would like to connect with you or get your book, where is the best place for them to do it? What is your online presence and anything that you would like to uh, tell our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you. Best way to get the book is to go right to Amazon and order
2: it now, and I would be honored. And then to reach me online is my website. You could sign up for a um, newsletter that I send out, wonderful, inspirational newsletters here and there, and that's at KimStanwoodTearingOver.com, as well as Facebook and Instagram at KimStanwood. And find me, and, I'm, and follow me, please, because I'd love to keep um, staying connected.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Kim, I would like to ask you to tell a story for the benefit of our listeners. You had, and we've all had these disappointments. I mean, you have to just deal with sometimes. We're all aware of Mm. that. And there's a particularly poignant story. I mean, nothing tops the wildfire story. I mean, that just grieves my heart. And yet you triumphed Mm. over that kind of adversity. That's amazing. But there are the things in the commercial world where, okay, going to do it. This is great. I'm on my way. And then things (laughs) fall apart, seemingly to our great detriment, but not ultimately. And in your case, that was a takeaway from your book. The story of the Toyota scooter ad, you thought, and then something happened to all of that when you thought that you had really found a pathway into TV and commercial culture.
2: Yes. That, that was a defining moment for this um, understanding of the power of technology. And and I love what you just said. Like in the moment, it doesn't seem like the defining moment, but ultimately it was. So years ago when I was just beginning on my spiritual growth and I was an actress was in San Francisco and wanted to move to Los Angeles, and I thought, okay, I'm going to activate what I'm learning and practicing and all an intention for this. So I wrote a clear intention because I wanted to, in moving to L.A., I thought, well, I need to get into the Screen Actors Guild Union, the Actors Union, before I get to Los Angeles, because it's not so easy to do that down here. So I set an intention, and it was my intention is to book a national commercial so that I could get my union card and move to L.A. That's exactly what I said. Unbeknownst to me that there was details of that intention that weren't right in alignment with um, as clear as I would have liked to make it. Then I thought it was super clear. So within three months, because I looked at that intention every day, kept saying it Within three months, my agent calls. I looked at a national Toyota commercial, and I was filming, and I was on a scooter zooming through the streets of San Francisco. It all looked great. I went home, packed my bag, rented a truck, and... A trailer, so I could move by myself with a dog in the truck, horse in the horse trailer, all my belongings, and headed down to Southern California. When I got there, I got the call, and my agent said, I'm so sorry. I hope you're sitting down. And I said, why? What's what's going on? And she said, well, you just hit the editing floor. You won't be in the final cut of this commercial. So you'll get paid for filming that day, but no residuals will be coming to you. And I know that's part of the reason you knew you could move to L.A., I was shattered in the moment of like I just up and moved and now the that I thought was coming and the, the commercial that would bring me to more just hit the editing floor. So in that moment I was very distraught, upset, but moved on, found another way to still find a place in Los Angeles and, and got a new agent and down here and started working. And it wasn't till later I can't remember how long. I wish I could. But I turned around as I started stretching stretch in my spiritual practices, and I looked at that intention and went, okay, this is really interesting. I got exactly what I intended, and this is the power of why we must be clear by clarity's power in our language. That intention said I would book a national commercial to get my SAG card. It didn't say my intention is to call forth the perfect acting job that just fulfills financial needs, stretch in my career that would have been the intention that would have followed what i was aiming for financially but it got me to la and i got my union card and that's what i'd written in the intention so it was when i hit that point i started laughing i thought oh my goodness this is the power of language and how the power of the universe said yes to my intention and created it And I have to be very responsible of what my intention is. So from that moment on, it it was a game changer of the power that we have and the opportunity to be clear and the willingness for me to stay in such practice of my spiritual practice so that I was clear and knew that when I'm stating to the universal field of consciousness what I desire, I'm going to be crystal clear and I'm going to let go of the how so that spirit could bring that to me. In, in so many unlimited ways, but it was not so fun when I got the call.
0: <laughs> and so that's a triumph. That is a personal triumph. I did want to ask you, Kim, before the break, you used a phrase. I loved it. It just popped in my head. So I want to bring it up to you and, and have you uh, go deeper into it. You used the term altar of consciousness. And when you said mm. that, my First thought in reaction was the altar of consciousness is when I shut the world out and go into a place that is more purely about principle, about the virtues of the good life and identifying myself with those. And when I do that, I feel like I am entertaining angels. Mm. I love that.
2: Yes and yes. And also, here we get that altar of consciousness is within us simultaneously that we could be in the middle of a busy street and just take a breath and go within and touch that place where those angels are right there with us at the same time. That we know that we create our own altars in our homes and, and wherever. And also, there's this massively beautiful in my mind. I see it—an altar that I'm I'm almost bowing to, placing here's my intention, here's what I know that I am desiring to fulfill and be of service to in the world, and. And again, when we place it there without trying to fix it or do it, you know, and then we slip back into our being nature to listen for divine inspiration, then we're so, it's such a practice of trust that I'm placing it there, and then I'm knowing that I will be guided to co-create this, and it's it's a massive let go. And I I truly believe that when I place something on the altar of consciousness, my let go is. Is a surrender of the spiritual warrior that we're really like, I, I surrender is powerful. My let go and surrender is powerful and in a very important
1: spiritual practice. I I know, I made a note of this as one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. The idea of letting go of what is familiar, releasing things mm-hmm. in order to make room to experience more. Of the unknown, but the unknown is not familiar. So, Correct. you know how how do you how do you recommend that to your clients? I mean, what is it that they have to go through and you have to go through with them in order to uh, use this this recipe of mm-hmm. things to do in order to transform your life? Yes, I I believe that our
2: practices, our daily practices are of utmost importance. When we're in an ongoing practice, we're creating a field of receptivity for the unknown to land, for the more to land that we cannot see. So a practice, whether it is and I quite a list in there of, of different practices, and we all have our own, whether it's meditation, prayer, intention work, visioning work, whether it my part of my practice is a run through the mountains, which I made sure I did first thing this morning because I'm connecting to source with every run I'm in the midst of. I have a client who his practice is on the ocean on a surfboard, and that's where he has his best meditations. But when we have a practice every day that connects us to that unlimited source within us, which is our inner technology connected to spirit, then that is cultivating a field of receptivity so that we can trust that as we let go of the known, we're opening our hearts to receive more than we've ever seen. And at the beginning, I know some people are like, well, Kim, I'm not quite sure how to do that. And, And I'll ask them, please go to the last chapter, which is all about acknowledgement and gratitude and celebration. And when you cultivate those practices... Every acknowledgement and gratitude is like just feeding that field of, of receptivity around us, so that when the more wants to land, when the bigger job, the loving relationship, the the opportunity of health that has come rushing in the door that we didn't see how it could happen, we've been cultivating for our practice as a place to receive it and say, "Oh, I'm worthy of this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Source." Because often The universal field spirit, I use those words interchangeably, please say, when it is bringing to us goodness, very often, if we have not cultivated a practice to really receive it, we unconsciously turn away because we don't think we're worthy of it. And that is part of why our practices are so important. Every day I get up and read from different spiritual books, say my prayers and oh and in those prayers it's thank you and i'm willing to accept more than i've seen i'll say more than my human eye has seen i'm opening up to the inner eye of wisdom that i can be a a, a gracious receiver as i give so much may i be in balance to also be a gracious receiver and so that when the miracle lands we begin to take a breath in it and say oh thank you thank you thank you thank you how fast can our thank you come when that miracle lands And that assists us to receive more than we've ever seen possible. And it's a deep, wonderful practice.
1: Kim, you jumped the gun on me, and I had to look over my (laughs) shoulder to see if you were reading my notes from my piece of paper (laughs) because my note here is about acknowledgements. When I got to the, the chapter on gratitude, celebration, and acknowledgement, I have been doing a gratitude journal for years now as part of a spiritual practice. And I, I do like where you say, you know, add something. It doesn't have to be just one thing. You can add a second and then a third and then a fourth over time. And mm-hmm. you know, I immediately added acknowledgements which is something I have never thought of before Mm. but now my gratitude journal is a combination of gratitudes and acknowledgements and I started it last night and I and I wanted you to address why you say acknowledgements are the hardest thing that you have to do when you're working with your clients yes and and what they are and what they are as well Absolutely,
2: acknowledgement. The practice of acknowledging ourselves is is where I was referring to a little bit ago about building that field of receptivity. So many individuals, you know, we've heard of right. Let's write our gratitude journals, which I look at. Something that we're looking out into the world, and it's so important. And we see, oh, I'm so grateful that it's sunny today. I'm so grateful to be with the two of you on your show today. I'm so grateful to know that I'm, I'm off to another meeting later with someone that I care about. Those things occur in life. I didn't make them occur, but they're occurring, and my attention is on what I'm grateful for. Wherever our attention goes, then more energy flows. So that's a beautiful practice. Now if we step to the other page of the journal and think, what do I acknowledge myself for? Because I participated on some level of that, of those things is our acknowledgement or where we look within and acknowledge the small little things i acknowledge myself for being right here this day ready and willing to be with the two of you i acknowledge myself for making sure i went for a run early this morning before it got too hot i acknowledge myself for reaching out to my son this morning and having a connecting conversation those are really small things and yet very important that in the human realm we tend to forget that we must have acts of self-love where we see ourselves rightly. And when we don't, the chatter in our head can tell us, oh, I forgot to do this. I didn't do that. I can't believe I messed that up again. We all have our own version of chatter or whatever we wish to call it. It will be minimized when we begin to see ourselves rightly because each and every one of us are participating on different things in our lives that I don't believe we always give ourselves um, awareness and appreciation for. We could see someone else and say, That person's amazing. And I'll ask someone, And what can you acknowledge yourself? What can you acknowledge that you, you got out of bed today and you did your practice? You could acknowledge yourself that you took a breath before you had an important conversation with someone you love little things of acknowledgement build there it's like an act of self-love it's a deposit in your bank account of self-love every time you write an acknowledgement and every time you have a deposit in your account of self-love you just created the field for more to land for you because you're Seeing that you're worthy of it and you're open and receptive to say yes and thank you. When we have our own inner judgment, we unconsciously say, oh, no, I couldn't. I don't deserve that. But if we've been acknowledging ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I did a, I did a great job today. You know, years ago when I started doing this, I noticed that when I go to sleep at night, because I always write gratitude and acknowledgements before sleep, that the chatter has changed when I put my head to the pillow Years ago, it could have been, oh, you forgot to do this. I can't believe you said that. What were you thinking? And that would be going off in my head now. Like this sweet, small voice says, it's okay. You did the best you could today. Just rest. Let go. All is well. All is well. All is well. And then off to sleep. So we wake up differently when we do that. Our interactions with others are different because we're not in self-judgment or judgment of others. So the acknowledgement practice Is life-changing, and I I encourage everyone to begin one immediately and to really search within their hearts, what can I acknowledge myself for today? To be the smallest thing or the biggest?
1: Well, I I really love that when I read your book, The Technology of Intention is doing the acknowledgements, and I, I did come up with those last night in addition to my gratitudes, and I can see where that is part of... Um, the pearls of our journey is that when, yeah. when we uh, say to ourselves, I acknowledge myself for being patient today. Uh, you yeah. know, I was more patient than, you know, I might have been at an earlier time. Um, then we're, we're building that muscle in the same way that we're building our gratitude muscle. And I've been doing the gratitudes for years now, and so it's easy for me when I open the book, oh, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for a hot shower, you know, when I realize yeah. that not everybody is able to do that. I'm grateful for air conditioning. I'm grateful for so many things. But then uh, it doesn't come as easily because I just started last night doing the acknowledgments, but I like it. I like it because Mm -hmm. I realize you need to, you need to be balanced in that way. It's not just what is going on outside of you. It's what's going on inside of you. And you can acknowledge yourself for, I mean, good hygiene and washing your hands and wearing your mask to the store. And I mean, there are just Mm -hmm. so many things to acknowledge yourself for. And you're right when you say we were, we criticize ourselves very, very quickly. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, mm-hmm. we're very quick to criticize. We are not so quick to love ourselves and see ourselves rightly. And I'm so glad that you made that point in your book because mm-hmm. that alone can change people's lives. Yes, thank you. And,
2: you know, I actually ask um, couples when I am couple counseling, I ask them to please give each other at least one acknowledgement a day because I find that those that we live with very often, we forget. We may think it, but we may not turn around and just look at our beloved and say, wow, I just acknowledge you for for taking care of that detail of our lives today because it it made the evening easy. Thank you. Or I acknowledge you for being patient with me today when I was frustrated. It changes relationships. When I look at my children. And even if we're having a moment of a heavy discussion, I can still look at them and say, I acknowledge you for sitting here and having this conversation with me. I'm so grateful that we have a relationship that we're willing to meet here even when it's hard. And when we begin an acknowledgement, the door's open to bring in compassion and tenderness. We're more compassionate with ourselves, and then we're able to be more compassionate with others. It's really important. Thank you for bringing that up.
0: I love that you essentially take inventory of your day, Kim. That's Mm -hmm. a great practice to get into. You know, the ancient Stoics, and I'm reading about them lately, they advised this kind of activity. When you close your day, do a review. Where did I make a mistake? Mm -hmm. How could I have done this or that better? And you've added the element of gratitude. Be grateful for life. Be grateful for the people and circumstances Mm -hmm. in your life they are rewarding you even as they are teaching you and seeming disappointments are not the last chapter of your personal story i think that's a wonderful way to strengthen yourself emotionally mentally but on the spiritual level i think that really is the essence of what has come to be known as soul growth that's how you get it done yes
2: yes and and when we when we know that it's not it's When some people say to me, well, Kim, it's hard to have a regular practice. And I'll say, you know, when you begin to practice in your life, you keep your practice in the front of, in front of you in life. Pretty soon your life is your practice. You just live it naturally and it's not hard anymore. And, and athletes know this. And if we could know within ourselves, Oh, I get to practice gratitude and acknowledgement and setting my intention before I walk into a meeting and really taking a breath before I say something and being aware of what words I'm using soon when we're living that on a regular basis, it becomes who we are and we're not seeking to do it anymore. We're absolutely standing in it. And that's why traffic is so important because it just becomes who we are.
1: You know, in the, in the waning minutes of our show, there mm-hmm. is one other thing I'd like to slip in here because Gary and I read your book. Gary and I read a lot of books and a lot of people read a lot of books. But you make a very simple and also a very powerful distinction between knowledge and wisdom, and mm. it has to do with your spiritual practice. So I wanted you to go ahead and say a little bit about that before we close out.
2: Absolutely. I, I feel as knowledge, we look at as a beautiful library. Like we can all have our own inner library and have lots of knowledge, study from great teachers, read great books. If we are not living it, it stays in the beautiful library of our soul of knowledge. Once we implement, I'm going to now live what I've been studying, then it becomes wisdom because wisdom is living what we know, not just looking at the pretty books. But opening up them, practicing them, and and when we fall, brushing ourselves up, standing back up and thinking, what is the practice I use now? That's a life of wisdom. And at times it's messy, but it's absolutely expansive and rich because it's beyond knowing. It's absolutely embodying.
1: I like that. And that is the spiritual practice. A recipe, Mm -hmm. you know, a recipe for each person individually and uh, if they use the tools from the technology of intention, your book, um, you can, as a, an individual person, you can develop the recipe that works for you, for your soul's growth, and you can choose from all of the elements that you talk about in there. And I think it kind of directs you uh, in in a, a good direction to get that, that recipe done. Yes. Yeah.
0: I also want to recommend the book, and let me give the title again, The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. The author, Kim Stanwood Terranova, has graced our show this hour, (laughs) and Kim, I wanted people to understand how important it is to connect if it's just reading and you're going solo sometimes you need to do that there are a lot of brick and mortar churches that are not meeting now because it's too dangerous maybe you get your religion online but in some form or another if you know of others or wish to introduce people in your life to the principles that you will find explicated very well in the technology of intention. I highly recommend that you read this book as a jumping off place, because the fact that you can't get together as a congregation doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity to learn and to grow and to share the principles by which you can live a much more successful life. You really spelled it out today for us, Kim. And I don't know about the future of brick and mortar churches. You're a member of a super ultra mega church there with Reverend Michael. Uh, Beckwith, where that's, you know, that's going to be around, but the smaller churches are struggling financially and the COVID-19 pandemic didn't help. There are resources. So don't give up on yourself or think that you're just isolated because a book like this can put you in touch with principles that put you in touch with your greater possibilities in life, no matter what.
2: Yes. It's, it's beyond a building. We love our buildings. We want to meet in our buildings, and it's so understandable because we can look into each other's eyes and hold our hands and sing and understand and pray, and we can still do that without a building until we can be back in one. It's, it's a rite of consciousness that we come together. The three of us are far away right now, but we're completely together.
0: And we, to we enjoy right the it's heck that right out of past. it. We, we have so to I, have a round two. Thank you, Kim. We will have you back and talk about it.
2: I'm willing and thank you.
0: We have her on the record. All right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Thank you, Kim.
1: And coming up next. Coming up next is Jupiter rising.
0: Fantastic. Jupiter
1: rises again. Eileen Grimes and Doug Johnston.
0: Good time on the radio. Thanks so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe this weekend. Have a great weekend and a great week ahead. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.